to another episode of the Future Sox Podcast. My name is Mike Rankin. I'll be your host alongside James Fox, Senior Editor here at Future Sox. We have a special guest, a guest that I'm sure you're familiar with if you've been to White Sox games across the last decade. That's Alyssa Bergamini, on-field MC for the Chicago White Sox. She's also on Twitter, at Alyssa Bergamini. If you can spell her name, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Uh, she's also a part of the NBC Sports Chicago Preps Crew, where she covers the IHSA, the High School uh, Athletics Association, as well as Chicago Comcast Network. Now, tell me, Alyssa, you know, that's a lot on your resume. Yeah. And for you to be a part of the White Sox for as long as you have been, I mean, obviously it takes a minute to get to where you are today in your professional career. Could you just walk me through how you were able to get to this point and what drove you in terms of motivation to uh, enter this industry? Right. Well, first off, thanks for having me, guys. I'm so excited. Um, So I went to the University of Iowa, and when I was there, I studied broadcast journalism. And I always say this, nothing against Iowa because they are the nicest people ever. But when I was in school there, I realized, wow, I'm from Chicago. We have such a rich sports history. So my goal after college was to always come back to Chicago, work in the number three TV market. And the thing about the broadcast industry, uh, the sports industry, there is no linear path. I mean, you guys know no one has the same um, path to get where they want to be. So you kind of have to make it your own. Um, So I started actually at NBC Sports Chicago as a production assistant and I somewhat landed the role there because I had an internship there the summer before. So I'm a huge advocate as well for internships. Um, When I was in college, it was more for credit and you didn't get paid. So I was working so many hours and I interned at Fox. I interned at, it was um, Comcast Sportsnet at the time. I interned at 103.5 KISS FM. So it's crazy how now when, you know, students in college have internships, they're actually getting paid and I'm always so envious of that but if anything that taught me those internships showed me as well wow i i love this wild ride of an industry i don't know what it's gonna bring me but um so here we are now in 2020 i have had multiple jobs in between you name it i worked at the schomburg boomers as their in-game mc so i would say if anything that's what kind of started me as being an mc um because i was already working at white Sox. i started working within the organization when I was in college. I worked with the Pride Crew, and that is the marketing team. So anyone who has been to a game, you see before the first pitch, people coming up to you and asking you, hey, uh, my name is Alyssa. I'm interested. Would you want to be part of one of our promotions? So people that ask, how do I get on the Jumbotron? That is the answer. You come to the game early. If you have White Sox gear on, if you look like you want to, have your face up on the big screen. A lot of people are willing to do it, but then there are some other people that are like, absolutely not. I do not want to be on the, the big screen. And um, the thing is, you know, when you, we, when you go up there, we're not trying to embarrass you. It's all fun. That's all part of the entertainment. So I started out in the marketing role, and then I've now been the in-game host of the Chicago White Sox for the past four years. Um, this is my eighth season with the organization, and – it's truly been such a blessing and I feel so humbled every time I'm at the ballpark, you know, whether it is an April game and it's crappy outside or, you know, we have a terrible losing streak going on. I love, you know, going to work. And 
I feel like I'm always the best version of myself. Um, I work alongside some of the best people. I have a great manager there, Dan Milkey. He's he's someone I think everyone always needs that that mentor or someone that really believes in in you. And that's been him for me. He um his he's trusted me with so much, and I've reached out of my comfort zone. And um I if I'm always excited for the seasons to start. And if anything, it was this season I was excited for. So you know, obviously where we're at right now, so bummed. Like I said, we should be at a day game right now playing against the Seattle Mariners, but I do think when everything is resumed, it'll be that much more joyous, if anything. I I know everyone's already excited for um, this upcoming season and this team, and people are just going to be really wanting the tickets now. I don't want to hear any more jokes about (laughs) the stands not being filled up. I'm I'm over that. No more of that. I uh, I think that was really well said. I, I applaud you for the grind because obviously to make it in this industry, you have to take your lumps and yes, you know you, you had to mention the beautiful weather outside because it was definitely to. <laughs> yeah today seventy three and sunny on April seventh. It's the nicest day of the year and yeah, baseball should be going on right now. We'll get there. Okay, we, um, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But you mentioned the Schaumburg Boomers. Got yeah. got to shout out Schaumburg Boomers in the Frontier League. That's where I kind of got my roots oh, as well. Really? Yeah, so I, wow. I actually worked with the Windy City Thunderbolts. So okay. go independent baseball. You know, it's it's awesome. It's a foundation for, you know, young professionals to start their career, right. understand how things work. And yeah, so for you, and you mentioned you, you started with the White Sox in marketing. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like throughout your college experience or even high school experience, did you always want to be in front of the camera or, or talking into a microphone or did that kind of change over time? I really think, um, well, okay, so when I was in high school, I went to Marist High School, um, southwest side of Chicago. I loved English. I loved writing. And my senior year teacher, Miss Mansky, she was a, um, a journalism major, and she attended the University of Iowa. So she was someone that uh, I always looked up to. And, you know, when I was choosing a college, I wanted to go to a Big Ten university. I wanted to go somewhere with a strong journalism program and somewhere that um, wasn't too far from home. So when I went to visit Iowa, I was immediately sold. I mean, they have a great sports program, whether it's football, basketball, wrestling. So right when I started freshman year, I just dove right into journalism. So I started there and it's another place you really got to work up. You can't just, what people don't understand is you can't just be on camera. It's not like, hey here's a script, here's a camera, let's go. There's there's so much work that you have to do beforehand and it is tedious, but I think that is what makes it so great when you are finally at that stage. Um, so I started, I wrote for the newspaper and then um, started to work for the TV station, which was a student-run program. So, you know, I would pitch my own story ideas. I had to go get the interviews. I shot all my own footage. I I was walking down campus with like a huge tripod and a huge camera. And, um, you know, if you talk about grind, that's that's what I really go back to because I loved college and I made the most of it and I had fun, but I also worked really hard. And, um, you know, people look at Iowa City and they think, oh, party school. Don't get me wrong. I had my fun, but I really worked my butt off there. So, you know, I wrote everything. I edited everything, shot so that's where I really honed my craft um, to become a broadcast journalist. And I think that's when everything clicked for me. I'm like, this is what I want to do. And I love working in the sports industry. No two days are the same. 
Um, and I love the stories just beyond the box score. Of course, it's great to cover the games, you know, do those highlight games and, you know, do the post-game interviews with the top player or cover those, you know, big playoff games. But what I loved during that time is I got to, you know, speak with the student athletes and find out there's just so much more to just who they are as a player. So from that, you know, I, I really wanted to continue working on my craft. Um, and I'm thankful now that I am somewhere where I am on camera. And I never thought that being an in-game host was going to be my job title. That's not something that you even think about when you're in college. And I, I honestly don't think at that time, I graduated in 2014 to give you a quick timeline, but I don't, at that time, that, that wasn't really as much of um, a role. I, I don't feel like a lot of teams had that. That's been something that's been brought in as of recent to heighten the, the fan experience and the entertainment, whether it is the NBA, the MLB, um, NCAA. I, I've done a few NCAA games as well. So it, it, everything just worked out very organically. And it's still wild to me that I'm working for the team I grew up cheering for and, and rooting for. So, um, you know, I would have such a hard time ever leaving them, especially on, you know, the up and up they're on right now. And I've worked through, as I mentioned, eight, this will be my eighth season. So I have not worked a playoff game and all I want is to work a playoff game. I, I don't ask much. And that's, that's really, I would, I would lose it. I would be so excited. That would be a, a serious dream and it better if they won. Yeah. So that kind of brings me to the question that I had for you and, you know, serving as the in-game host, like you do, it kind of like allows you to be a fan of the team still. Whereas like, you know, yep. some other like traditional media, you're not really able to, but like in your capacity, like it's better if the team wins and it's better if the team's good. So, and you mentioned like you're from the Southwest suburbs. Mm -hmm. um, can you just like go over like for our listeners, I guess you like as a, like growing up as a White Sox fan, like why, why were you a White Sox fan? Um, and then I guess like how, how deep did that fandom run? Right. I, I just don't think I know any better. It's uh, one of those things. I remember my parents bringing me to games when I was younger. Um, I always get asked the question, do you remember your first game? And I don't because I was so young and there's pictures to prove it. But I think I was, I don't know, maybe two. And there's, there's so many pictures of me just like either in the suites or the, the outfield or the stands, you know, eating like dip and dots. And I just forever remember loving, you know, listening to the games on the radio going to the ballpark, um, you know, the first thing you do is like, you smell the onions, so then you get a hot dog. And then I, when you're younger, you, I mean, I was paying attention, but not that much, not like I do now. So for me, it was more of a uh, outing, more of a social event. And then it just turned into something that I became simply obsessed with. Uh, my 13th birthday, my best friend at the time, her, also, her name is also Alyssa, we had a group, a school bus of our friends. Like, I think we took our whole class. We took them all to the White Sox game. And my birthday is April 30th. So at that time, I remember it was on a Saturday against the Detroit Tigers. Um, took all of our friends to the White Sox game. We ate in, um, you know, the outfield. We did the whole, you know, pre-gaming before the game, of course, with Coca-Cola. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. <laughs> And then we were there for the whole game, took up probably like, I would say 
all of section maybe like 103 or something like that um so I just you know for as long as I can remember I've been a White Sox fan I love it win or lose and uh that's brought me to where I am now and like I said it's not something I ever imagined I'd be doing and it all worked out and in my benefit I guess yeah what you're saying there it's like you're you're not working a day in your life you're going to your home you know it's like something you're so familiar with and yeah it resonates with you all of it just the ambiance it just becomes a part of you which is you know a part of the reason why guaranteed rate field no matter what it's called is is going to be the home for white Sox baseball and no matter what you know yeah no matter what and you know what you do a great job on the field like we already talked about but you are also interacting with a lot of these players and getting to know them on a personal level which is like crazy to think about from the outside looking in because a lot of the time as sports consumers we see these people in Mm -hmm. uniforms and we just see them as players in uniforms you know beyond that that you don't think about their families or or who they are and I'm just curious because you know we're we're minor league centric here at Future Sox and a lot of these young players are starting to come up and a guy like Dylan Cease comes to mind Lucas Giolito has been out there uh, personality wise and Michael Kopech lately has been very outgoing about everything within himself. So I'm curious to know your, if there's anybody that stuck out to you, who you've worked with, talked to, uh, had an experience with uh, on the White Sox that you'd like to share. Yeah. So starting actually the second half of last season, we launched uh, the YouTube segment on Sox TV. So with that, I was able to actually meet a lot of the players and really pull out their personalities Um, When I'm doing these YouTube segments, it's not the X and O's of how their game went. It is, you know, a game called Stardom, Sit'em, Send'em Down, um, a personality test. Just kind of, you know, seeing who they are that we don't get to see on the field. And I have to tell you guys, a lot of the young prospects are, they're so funny. And I think that they, you know, don't get to show that off enough because we do see them in more serious content you know in those post-game interviews or you know interviewing the before the game of course as reporters that's what you are all out there to do is ask you know the tough questions but I get to kind of bring the light out in them and like I said pull out their personalities um I've done a lot of videos with Dylan Cease and I could ask him a simple question which candy do you like best like which one do you want to start sit and send down Snickers Reese's um Kit Kats And he thinks so strategically about everything. And if you were to watch the videos, you could see that he's, he's thinking he really (laughs) wants to tell the right answer. So I, I love that about him because he is serious, but not overly serious. Uh, So he's someone that I I think if you were to just to see him as a player, you maybe wouldn't think that, but internally and as a, you know, they are humans. We, We have to humanize them. He's pretty funny. So he's one, Another one is Zach Collins. He's pretty creative. Um, even you could just tell from his social media, he's a little bit, you know, matured in a way. He is excited about where he stands with the team. And um, a lot of the videos I do too, we can combine both of them. So it's like, you know, Dylan and then Zach Collins, and they are great of playing off of one another. And that's great when you have a catcher and a pitcher. So it shows their relationship. Um, another one I did recently at SoxFest was with Dane Dunning. He is awesome, and I'm excited to see him in the near future. He is another one that 
they're all they're all secretly funny and when i say secretly it's because they don't get to show that part of them a lot they don't get to show that side so i'm happy that i can kind of bring that out on them and you know just kind of be friends with them they're they're young guys they want to have fun they're playing baseball for a living so it's nice to see that so dane dunning is definitely one of those that he has a very fun side um tyler johnson is another one that i've had the privilege of meeting trying to think of who else um oh nick madrigal he's great he is so polite and so pleasant to be around even though i was a little taller than him when i was when i was next to him i <laughs> i uh i was like oh am i taller <laughs> but beside the point he was great to speak with um who else eloy of course we know him he's a character in itself so I'm excited about all of these prospects, not only their talent on the field, but how they're going to mesh with the team. And they seem like it's all clicking together. Even at SoxFest, I, I could kind of see behind the scenes before they came out on the black carpet. A lot of them were meeting for the first time, which is cool to see and unravel. And um, they want to be friends and they want to be great teammates. And I think that's you know what's going to get them beside their talent, uh, a winning team is if you want to win with your teammates, if you get along and, you know, from what I could see, they're getting along great. Yeah. So going back to, you mentioned Nick Madrigal, he, you know, he was probably going to debut at some point this year. And obviously once they get started, like he still might, but you've been in the park for, you know, for pretty much all of these debuts. So does, mm -hmm. does one of them, one of these prospect debuts, you know, when you were in the park, does one of them stand out to you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, August 2018, when none other than Michael Kopech made his debut. It was, I think, the first glimpse of what we can see for the future. And regardless that uh, he only pitched, I think it was two full innings, and then there was that rain delay, and then the game got postponed, the crowd was electric. And everyone was on their feet, you know, first inning, second inning, and it was it was simply amazing. And I had the chills, you know, during that whole time. And that was just one of those games I feel like I will always remember because everyone was excited and, you know, the stands were packed. It was one of those games where they tell you to get there early and, you know, you should if you want to not wait in the long lines. So, you know, we got a glimpse of him. And I, I think that was the first time in a while and especially for me, where you could see the excitement actually be in action, not just something that is being talked about. You could actually see it. So he's that's definitely a game I remember. Um, and I was at spring training earlier in March, and uh, I wasn't at the game that he pitched, but it was it was right before that. And I mean, as you guys saw, as he was you know hitting over 100 miles per hour fastball, so. If we're going to take any positive, any positivity out of this quarantine and, you know, this lack of baseball that we have, maybe a little, little bit more rest time for Kopech, you know, after the Tommy John surgery. So trying to spin that in a positive way, sure. even yeah. though we'd rather see him out on the mound. Uh, I'm excited to see him when he does eventually come back. Yeah, Alyssa, I think that was that was great that you mentioned the atmosphere and what you were feeling when you saw Kopech come into the game because the stadium was packed. I do remember yeah. that night. I wasn't there, but I was there for Dylan Cease's debut. Okay, yep, was and there that, as well. That's another example. Yes. The crowd was into it. It was a day game, beautiful outside, and 
you know, the whole first inning, people were locked into every pitch and you could feel it. Like I remember when they were, I think they were playing Thunderstruck that day yeah. and it was prior, prior to that start and Cease was just walking to the dugout yep. and you, oh man, I'll never forget that feeling. That was something. Yeah. I think, uh, but I you, think it was a double yeah. header, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, the, yeah. the early portion against the Tigers. It's right. Yes. That's uh that's something, but you know, you, you talked about it too being a part of something when it matters and we expect it to matter very soon. Right. And I want, and I also want to touch on your experience in spring training. Cause I was actually at that game when Kopech debuted okay. uh, this spring. So that was, that was an awesome experience, but then you were there the week prior you said, so I'd love to get your, you know, your experience from that time. But first I want to ask you what it's like being on the field in a packed house, that atmosphere, you, you know, you just feel it compared to, you know, how it's been over the last few seasons. Cause we can expect you to be in front of a packed house moving forward here, at least as fans looking, uh, looking in here. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, for me, I'm at the game and win or lose, I love it. So I can't even imagine when they are going to be great. And we're going to see a lot more wins in the win column, but it, is such a good vibe and it just changes to you know in people's personalities even the people that you work with like when you think about it the front office staff they're there say it's a 7 10 p.m game they're there all day working their office hours and then they have to be there for the duration of the game so think about it if you're working for a winning organization of course you want to be there longer when you have those games that are not good that really, you know, just affects your whole whole personality. So um, a lot of people ask me too, they're like, are you nervous when, you know, you're out there? Like, do you pay attention to all the people? And I, I truthfully don't. And this is not me ignoring everyone. I'm just, I'm just there to do my job. Uh, you know, it could be the middle of the first inning. I'll be at the Xfinity Kids Zone and I'll, I'll be doing an in-game hit. And then by the top of the second, I have to be all the way by the scout seats. And I have to run through the concourse <laughs> and run through a ton of people. And I'm used to running fast where I'm not bumping into anyone because there's not a lot of people on the concourse. But then when we had those games where it's packed, say a Michael Kopech debut, it's totally different. I could be like cutting it very close to making my, um, my inning hit. So everything comes into factor and uh, – you know, I do hits that are on field, you know, prior to the game, even during the game. If you guys have ever seen the catching flies where we're in the right field and the contestant is trying to catch the fly balls, I can see the whole crowd and I could see everyone out there. And it makes such a difference when fans are cheering on the contestants opposed to someone being out there, putting themselves out there and no one's cheering for them. Like no one wants that. And usually they're, I would say, high school kids are in their 20s. So they might be a little nervous to begin with. So it makes all the difference when the fans are in the stands and they're excited and they are hopeful about the team opposed to a bunch of mad Southsiders. No one, no one ever wants that. Even uh, the Cub Sox series, that's always a treat to work. I try to really keep my head down. I try to uh, not go by the outfield too much, but that's the beauty of the game. That's it's fun. It's fun for me. I think it's just fun for everyone, especially with that rivalry. Um, so I, I can't wait until, you know, there's hopefully 40,000 butts that are sitting in those seats and that might 
I think opening day this year, that's what I'm most bummed about because that is one of my favorite days out of the year. And that's when everyone, you know, it's a Thursday, whatever day of the week it is. People are taking off work. It's in the smack dab middle of the day. And that's when you really just feel how the season's going to go. You feel the excitement and that that was going to be it on March 26th. And when we do have that day, um, I'm sure it'll be hopefully sunny out. And it'll be uh, later in the season, but we'll we'll get there. Yeah, it's hard to compare the atmosphere when Guaranteed Rate Field is is filled to the brim. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's something. It's something to be a part of that. So tell me about your spring training experience. Who did you see? What did you see? And, and who did you like out of the experience there? Okay, so I went. It was a Tuesday game. I believe it was March 3rd. Um, I, so I went to spring training last year, and I go as a fan. I'm not. I'm not there for work. I went last year and the game got postponed and we were only there for a short amount of time. And we're, you're in Arizona. And I'm like, come on, how can I not get away from this? So this was my first time being a camelback as an adult and actually caring and paying attention. I know when I was younger and we'd go on spring training trips as a family, um, we would go to some spring training games. But again, you're younger. I was more focused on what I was what kind of ice cream I was getting aside from um, who was playing. So uh, yeah, that was a March 3rd game. And I believe it was against Oakland A's. You could correct me if I'm wrong. That So as I mentioned, I was there as a fan. So I was having some uh, adult beverages. Sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, someone that I think it was maybe uh, Nikki Delmonico. He had a home run. It was, I think, maybe the first or second inning right as we walked in the ballpark. So I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. We're we're starting off hot with uh, a home run. And then I don't think he was in the lineup then, but Andrew Vaughn, he's another one I should have mentioned. I'm so excited to see him. He is is spectacular. You know, he's someone I've done a YouTube segment with. And uh, he, since he is so young, everything that he says, he's just so truthful and so honest and raw about and when he is playing, when we saw a glimpse of him at spring training, he's simply fearless. And that's, I think, what is something great that the team needs is someone that is young, just like him, who has all the power tools, and he's fearless. He he just, you know, goes right after it. So, uh, yeah, he's someone I totally forgot to mention. And he's, I, I would say, one of maybe my favorite prospects that is coming up. And I think we're going to see just great things from him. Yeah, so we cover prospects pretty exclusively, obviously, but mm-hmm. you know the White Sox also spent some money this offseason and brought in a lot of guys. So I guess which was your favorite move of those moves? And then I guess talking to these guys at Futures or at uh, Sox Fest, did that did that change at all, or did it reinforce like what you already thought? Um, I think it it just proved that Rick Hahn was making all the right moves. Of course, he brought in you know six new faces. Um, you know, veterans, we're not even talking prospects here, but, uh, you know, it all started with the Chris Sale trade. And I think ever since that, I've been hooked on more paying attention. And I don't think as much before, I, I feel like I could speak on behalf of a lot of other people. No one really paid as much attention on maybe the prospects. Uh, I, I've paid attention since working with the team, if anything, but I don't think a lot of people look into that. You know, if you're a super van, Yes. But those people that are just coming to the ballpark and want to see the players that are out on the field, 
maybe they don't look as much into the prospects. Um, so I, I think, yeah, what you were saying, he, I am very sure of, you know, the moves that he's, that Rick Hahn has made and seeing them at Sox Fest. I didn't get to talk, you know, in detail with a lot of them, but whether it was Nick Madrigal or Andrew Vaughn um, or even Tyler Johnson, you know, we've seen a glimpse of Zach Collins here and there, Dane Dunning. They all are going to, you know, once they mature in, you know, whether they're in AAA or AA, and then we finally get to see them. Um, Rick Hahn is just simply a, a magician. And I don't know how he does it. <laughs> yeah, Rick is somebody who I think uh, he he's so down to earth with right. the expectations in front of him. You know, the way that he was able to structure the franchise as it stands. I mean, not even just players, but talking player personnel, exactly. staffing, organizational wide. And you can speak on this, too, as a family, a part of the White Sox family. I mean, you know, they treat you as if they're one of, you're one of their own. And, you know. I know people within the White Sox organization. Mm -hmm. Jerry Reinsdorf is somebody who takes care of White Sox employees. And that's a boss that you want to work for. And for Rick Hahn, you know, he answers to Jerry Reinsdorf. And what we're seeing now is Rick Hahn doing what he does under the restrictions that he may be working under. But it's, it's hard to argue the fact that fans now are excited and optimistic. I mean, all talk throughout the off season following the moves where we're going to the playoffs or we're competing at least to be into the playoffs. So, I mean, for all of us, it's, it's something that we've been waiting for. We've been wanting for a long time as fans, but now as professionals, we can break it down and there is legitimate substance there where we can back our, our opinions up and saying, Hey, this team, you don't want to really mess with them. So Alyssa, you've been so kind with your time. I really appreciate you. Yeah, jumping on with us. And unfortunately, baseball's not coming back here anytime soon, at least it seems, despite maybe a report. We don't have to go into that. (laughs) It's just there's so much unknown now these days. And I'm just curious how the White Sox, you and the White Sox are still working within your relationship, obviously professionally now that there is no baseball being played. Yeah, so I think this is really a time when everyone has to uh, really show off their creativity. And I I do think with no live sporting events going on, regardless of what team, what network, everyone's been doing a, doing a very good job in my opinion. I'm still trying to keep the fans entertained for me personally. What I've been doing is trying to still um, push out some content that I could keep the fans, you know, engaged with. So for example, opening day, I did a live Instagram um, where I, I did some trivia and uh, I don't have like the biggest following, but at one point I had 88 people watching and, you know, doing, you know, answering the trivia questions. So that was just something fun I did. So maybe along the lines, I'll do some more of that. Um, of course, going back to YouTube, since everything is, you know, we have to go off of digital platforms. White Sox is doing a great job of posting you know, White Sox content that maybe was shot during Sox Fest. And now we get to see, um, you know, anything with social media, whether it is, you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, just anything along those lines. Everyone is trying to keep everyone entertained and engaged and pull out their creativity. And I'm trying the best I can. Something that I really want to do is speak with some personnel and personalities around the ballpark that maybe fans don't get to see. 
for example, I work closely with Gene Honda. Love Gene Honda. Everyone knows his voice from the Blackhawks and the White Sox. I've done an interview with him before, just a, a profile piece on him. So I'd like to, you know, speak with him again just about his story and what he's doing during his off time. I actually, I spoke with him on the phone last week. He is like, I'm actually super busy. I'm doing a lot because, you know, he has where he could do voiceovers. So he's still, you know, using his craft and he's he's busy even without any Blackhawks or any White Sox. So I'd like to do something where it's kind of beyond the box score, talk to, um, you know, everyone is always asking me, how do I get to throw out the first pitch? How can I sing the national anthem? And there is someone named Michael Gomez. That is his job. And he does that. So I um, would love to talk with him. So I'm trying to make the best situation, make something out of out of nothing. And, you know, if we're going to be all sitting inside our houses all day, we might as well listen to some interesting and good content and listen to podcasts just like yourself, um, some future socks. So, you know, this is a time when, you know, people could say whatever they want about social media and their phones and being online. But I think if anything, this has helped us during this trying time. Yeah. So earlier you, you mentioned like listening to White Sox games on the radio when you were younger and, you know, obviously late last week, um, White Sox nation kind of like collectively mourned the loss of Ed Farmer. Um, so do, do you have just like one Ed Farmer story or interaction with him that like stands out to you? Yes. I was going to Vegas about three, uh, years ago, three summers ago, I was going with a group of my friends. It was Midway airport. So I was going into the airport and Ed Farmer's walking out. I was like, Ed, and he was like, Hey, and it's one of those things, you know, when you see someone in a different environment, you're like, I know you, but I'm like, obviously I knew who he was, but I think it, it took him like a few seconds to like click who I was. And then he was like, Oh, like, Hey, how are you? Good. Good to see you here. What are you doing? I was like, I am going to Las Vegas. And he's like, whatever you do, put all your money on 20 black when you play roulette. I was like, wow, I am taking that advice with me forever because I'm not one that's really good at at betting or playing, you know, games in Vegas. I get I get really mad and I lose money, so I don't really try to do it much. But I did take his advice. I did put my money on 20 black. Unfortunately, I didn't win, but um, I'm going to do that forever now. And he also, I used to be a member at Lifetime Fitness in Orland Park. I, that was, I used to work there a while ago when I was in high school uh, and he was a member there. So I'd see him at, at Lifetime. Of course, I would see him at the ballpark. I get to the games two hours before first pitch. So I'm riding the elevators the same time as a lot of the broadcasters, a lot of the media members. So he's someone that I've been in the elevator with. And you know, when you're in those elevators, you it's small talk, but he's someone that you could have small talk with, but it's always a good small talk. It's There's always some type of a story. So um, he is someone that will be so missed. I loved, you know, as I was saying, when I was little listening to him on the radio, um, even I love NBC Sports is you know, putting the White Sox classics on when he was a, a TV broadcaster, listening to him then. So uh, he's someone that will be missed. And I'm glad I got to see him when I was going to Vegas. And he told me that that advice. And I even took a picture with him during that time because 
I was sending it to, I think, my parents. And uh, I'm so happy I did. It sounded like a very genuine experience. And, yeah. and, and that seems like anytime you bring up Ed Farmer and anybody has a story about him, it's genuine. And that's the kind of person that he was. He takes the time um, for you. And uh, yeah. yeah, really, really well said. Glad you were able to share that with us. We're going to let you go after this final question. Okay. You've been great today. Um, a lot of a lot of really interesting stuff. But for you, now that baseball is kind of on the backboard, I know you talked about professionally, but mm-hmm. how about leisurely? Like, what are you doing just hanging out while <laughs> trying to pass the time here? Oh, man. So I'm also a certified personal trainer, and um, I am kind of going crazy without be- <laughs> being at the gym. It's not like I'm one of those people that go seven days a week, but that's just, you know, part of my routine. I have been doing at-home workouts, and I'm going crazy with those. I can only do so many of them. Yeah, I believe I'm, it. I'm trying to uh, – I'll probably get in trouble at some point, but go to different high schools and go by their bleachers, um, run the bleachers, or I actually found a baseball field that was pretty empty. There was obviously no one there. So I was using the fence and I was like tying, you know, some bands I had and doing some arm exercises. So um been trying to do a little bit of that. I started the office and I've never started. I know I'm so late to the game. I'm so aware of it, but I'm on season six. I believe I love it. I'm, I'm so in, I'm so, I yeah. understand now why people have made so many, uh, jokes about it and have really sure. referred to it. So, I think the basketball af- episode will stick with me oh forever. My God. Like there's, in the so, first season. there's just so many. And I think the writing is yeah. so great and so, so witty. So, you know, that's giving me some laughs trying to work out. Um, I'm super into wine now. I was <laughs> never really into wine. And now it's one of those things where I, uh, I see why people come home after a long day of work and drink wine. <laughs> I know, uh, I know, I know. James is uh, really in deep with Tiger King now. Okay. Oh, geez, yeah. (laughs) I haven't dove into that yet. I, I've uh, you know seen a lot about it, so I feel like I can catch. Yeah, it's it's next for you. It it's it's terrible, but everybody you know has done it, so you have to do it too. So okay, you know what? I will I will make that jump. I will make that leap, and uh, I will watch some Tiger King. Yeah, just have your expectations to the point where, you know, you have to kind of expect what you see from these people because, you know, they're kind of nuts. But yeah. anyway. Can't wait. Alyssa, thanks so much for jumping on. I mean, you, were, you, you were awesome. Hey, whenever you're at a, when we do get back into action, when you're at a White Sox game, let me know if you guys want to be on the big screen. I'm sure you'd be uh, some great contestants. I know James is up for it. Oh, yeah, I'm down. James, let's do it. And, you know, they're not all just baseball questions. We have name that tune if you guys are into music we could do something like that uh there's a lot of fun promotions that i'm always like just just give it a go have a beer and then let's do it <laughs> good stuff Alyssa yeah. bergamini on field mc for the chicago white Sox, joining us here on the future Sox podcast you can subscribe to us on itunes as well as on spotify go to anchor.fm backslash future Sox to check out our library for Alyssa bergamini and james fox my name is mike rankin thanks so much for tuning into this episode we will talk to you all next time